Welcome to the Future Is podcast. I am your longtime host, Joe Topis. I run marketing at Honeywell, and I am a future shaper. Today, we have a special guest who's going to talk about how the Carolina Panthers have welcomed back fans, welcomed back NFL fans, finally, to the stadium this season. Um, today, I'm joined by Mark Hart, who is the Vice President and Chief Operating Officer for Tepper Sports and Entertainment, the owners of the Carolina Panthers. So, Mark, welcome. Well, good morning, Joe. Always good to talk about NFL football on Football Friday, so happy to be with you this morning. Yeah, as a huge NFL fan, I am so excited to talk to you. Let's get started with the basics, Mark. Tell me about your role with the Panthers. My role is fundamentally Chief Operating Officer of Tepper Sports Entertainment, which is our entity that operates the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC uh, and Bank of America Stadium. I sort of manage all the operations, you know, a lot of the corporate functions uh, for those three entities. I think I'm going on two years next month. Got here from Pittsburgh where I was with the Steelers for 23 years, operating essentially in the same capacity. I uh, was chief financial officer there for many, many years. You know, that's affected my role, my background, and you know, I'm doing a lot of the same things here in Charlotte. Obviously, a veteran in the front office in the NFL, but I have to imagine in your uh, multi-decade career, the COVID impact that happened during the offseason must have sort of changed the game for you in, in March. What was the first thing that you were starting to do with your organization as you thought ahead to the, to the season? Well, for us, it was the gravity of the uncertainty. You know, we had a new head coach, a new coaching staff, somewhat new roster of players. That is always a difficult thing to deal with in the NFL. There's, you know, all the pressures of installing all these different people and systems and, and protocols. And then when you layer on top the uncertainty of COVID, the, the uncertainty you know, with respect to lockdowns and can people come to work? Is it safe to come to work? Should we ask people to come to work? I, it was something that I don't think anybody in pro sports, let alone corporate America, really understood and, and had to deal with. So I think we certainly weren't confused, but I think we had to make choices that none of us were prepared to make or had been used to making. So we just had to forge forward the best we could. Right. So the initial reaction you had, I think, is very similar to a lot of corporate America and frankly, society at the time. You guys were in the off season, of course, but you had to be counting the days until you had to bring back, like you said, your coaching staff, your players to do training camps, the eventual preseason. What were some of the critical elements once you guys got started on thinking through that, that you guys were, were thinking through to, to bring back your team? With respect to the team, it was a lot about things that we're still dealing with, you know, physical distancing and, yeah. you know, uber hygiene ambient building conditions, monitoring of those building conditions. It's one thing to say that it's a safe environment and it's, it's up to protocol standards. It's another thing to look a player or a coach in the eye and say, we have proof that it's a safe environment and, and how can we monitor that and how we can illustrate that, I think was a challenge for us. But those were just the first task. And then we weren't even at that time thinking about fans in the building because quite honestly, we thought we would get over it by that point. But that was another thing we started to, you know, have to factor into how do we get fans back in our building and be in business. So that those are our initial thoughts. Yeah, and, and you you alluded to the fact. Um, obviously, we're talking to you because Honeywell was thrilled as our our neighbor in Charlotte to to work with you on 
on building out some of the technologies that that you would inevitably use to to help bring back players and and coaches. What were some of the reactions to to that situation? Right, I I remember seeing footage of them kind of walking back into the training facility with their masks on. You know, it, it must have been a, a crazy change to them. What was the level of of concern and what was the thinking for for staff at that point? Well, you know, I think it was crazy because, you know, we had to implement, you may have read this, uh, you know, in the media or on social media, you know, we literally had to draw red lines throughout our building and the parking lot and and set up shoots where you, you couldn't go in this area, you couldn't cross this line, you couldn't see a lot of your colleagues. So I think that dynamic change from coming from a place that, you know, all of us walked through the same door, all ate at the same dining hall to, you know, separation in a workplace environment. America's dealing with this, but a football team, the nature of team, where teammates, colleagues, coaches, front office, we all eat together, work together, struggle together. I think that separation was probably hard on a lot of people. That differentiation of you need to park in this spot and not that spot, and you need to walk through this door and not that door, I think was a change that, you know, perhaps a little overwhelming in the beginning as we got used to it. Yeah. And as you mentioned, with a new head coach and a new coaching staff, quite a few new folks on the team, that makes for a, a tough beginning. How do you think the team responded to that situation? Well, I, look, obviously, you know, you see how hard our team fights. I think you see, you know, we're a very good football team. I've been in this league 26 years, 25 years. You know, it is remarkable to me what the coaching staff and the players and our football operations had to overcome to get the position they're in. I mean, we didn't have a mini camp. I'm not even sure the entire team has met together in a coaching session in one big room, as is typical for NFL teams. So to overcome these challenges and not to be overwhelmed by them, which I know Coach Rule emphasized very, very early, we're going to take these things one at a time and overcome the adversity. I think all of us in the organization I know our fan base and I think the people of Charlotte are just absolutely thrilled that we're presenting the product and we compete as hard as we do. Um, It's remarkable to me. Mark, I I can tell you that Honeywell certainly is excited as well as a part of the Charlotte community and within the walls of Honeywell, extraordinarily happy to see NFL football on TV. Now, of course, even more excited about the possibilities of more and more fans um, being welcomed back, which you guys started to do uh, a few weeks back. Tell me a little bit about how you got ready to welcome fans back into the stadium. The challenge of bringing fans back in the stadium was, it was a tough one. You know, we were dealing in North Carolina and Mecklenburg County with the limitations in this country about putting fans in, in spaces, whether they're enclosed or or you know, outdoor spaces, we had to illustrate and, you know, without doing it prior, by the way, we had to illustrate and and present cases to, you know, public health, um, our elected officials, you know, and our owners that we could do this safely. It's one thing to put, you know, 53 guys uh, on sidelines and 22 guys literally on the playing field in a safe manner and with the NFL protocols and the tiering. But once you start putting thousands of folks in the fans and you're constrained with distancing and hygiene and, and separation and the concourses and, and parking lots, it was something that we had to deal with. And, you know, Honeywell, you guys really provided us a lot of support with some of the dashboards and the systems that you 
helped us install, you know, our obviously our safety packs and the PPE we gave out at the gates. Um, I think we made a presenting case that we could do it safely and we had to execute the plan in the case. You know, we went through one game without fans and then we had additional fans. And as we had three games with fans here, we've had no cases of COVID traced to our building. You know, everybody got PPE packs, uh, you know, with the Honeywell, you know, branding and Honeywell supplies in there took everyone's temperature and we made sure physical distancing and, and the health protocols were complied with and installed. It was a challenge to get it all done. You know, I said this before when we were arguing for fans and making our case, I'm sort of glad in the way we started small and we're growing over time because I think it gave us an opportunity to test new procedures. Those procedures were evaluated and measured and, and obviously proven effective. And then that gave us the platform to have more fans over time. Uh, which we're getting to very, very rapidly. So it was a critical point in our in our year here. Uh, 2020 was a tough year, but we are in the business of putting fans in the building and fans are critical to our team and, and our team loved them having them there. Absolutely. So I'm curious if you got any feedback from the fans that did get a chance to get there, including, by the way, some of my Honeywell colleagues who made it to a couple of the games. Any specific feedback on those protocols, positive or or challenges that you need to address? I mean, we've done fan surveys. You know, our protocols were unbelievably well received. I mean, we had almost zero fans say they felt an unsafe environment. Wow. Uh, you know, the one the one section of our stadium, the luxury suites, you know, which admittedly, you know, could be argued are in enclosed environments versus an outside seating bowl. You know, we limited suite holders to 10 persons per luxury suite, which is, you know, about half to three quarters what they're used to putting in there. And, you know, with the systems and the different things that we installed in luxury suites and with some of your equipment, we obviously had no, again, as I mentioned before, we had no cases of COVID, but we got just rave reviews about the level of safety and the comfort that people felt. You know, I think, again, the fact that we plan this prior, we work with partners like Honeywell and with, and with a lot of you, I think without you, we wouldn't have been so effective and certainly the delay in creating a uber safe environment and the delay in getting fans in the building would have been much longer with, you know, without you. Appreciate that. I, I think that the partnership we've been able to make and the work you guys have done to, to, to really focus on fan safety and player safety and, and your staff safety is, is why we've enjoyed this so much because we've been able to come to you with technologies and, and products that, that support what you're doing. And I'm so excited to hear the fans' reaction has been so positive about it. Uh, I can't wait to see the stands uh, completely full at some point, <laughs> but uh, um, that's definitely the path uh, that, that we need to get through. You know, it, looking, looking out um, uh, technologically, um, you know, what, what kind of things do you, do you learn from a situation? Let's assume next season, uh, again, I'm, I'm a, a hypothesis. Next season, vaccine comes. Uh, we're, we're in a different stage of, of, uh, of this, hopefully um, uh, in a much more comfortable place. What have, we, what have you learned in terms of how to work with safety technology, health technology, fan use? Is there things that we could take away once the pandemic is, is no longer an imminent threat? You know, I think it's interesting, you know, some of the procedures that we put in place, number one, it's a good question, but, you know, some of the procedures that we put in place, um, I think are going to survive past uh, this COVID era, you know, the different ways we've brought people into the gates, 
um, the different ways they have separated in the concourse and distancing, how we exit people from the building um, are actually working better now than they did uh, before COVID. Now, you know, I, we admit that, you know, with 6,000, you know, five to 6,000 fans is different than 75,000 fans, but the procedures and the principles and uh, the way that we have adjusted things like F and B um, and just the intake of fans and how we screen them. Um, I think it's actually worked better in some regards. And I think that's a good byproduct. You know, you always, uh, you know, you're never old, never too old to learn old tricks, but I think with respect to technology, I think, look, we're in a situation now where fans and, and I think citizens in general, number one, they want an Uber safe environment, but number two, they want to see that it's an uber safe environment. So when we present, you know, dashboard and metrics and you can show graphs on LED signage um, or you can illustrate through an app that you are in a safe environment, that your CO2 levels are this or that your temperature is this or that fresh air percentage is this and, you know, exceeds what it should be. I think people feel a great sense of confidence and you know, some of the things that we put in place first for the football team and then with our fans, uh, again, with your help, I think those things are going to survive past pre-COVID because I think it creates a sense of confidence that uh, we're doing what we should be doing and we're confident enough that we can present the data and show it graphically or show it through an app or those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, we're not afraid to hide uh, the real the real data, real results. That's great. Yeah. Um Thanks, Mark. So uh, you probably haven't had a chance, though you're probably one of the very few people in America who have not heard my podcast. But at the end of everybody, everybody's podcast episode, I ask them the same three questions because I, I just find it um, very interesting to learn about people. So um, a, a veteran executive like yourself in, in the NFL front office, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to start with question number one. Um, Mark, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I, I don't even consider myself a grown up, so I, I'll have to pass on that <laughs> question. And, and I know my wife says I'm definitely not growing up. So, uh, you know, I, you know, when I, when I graduated college, you know, I, I wanted to go to, of course, to New York city. I did go to New York city. Uh, I worked on a bunch of, uh, uh litigation settlement work. Um, and so, uh, I think for a long time, even through college, I wanted to go to law school, uh, and be a lawyer. And then I started working with lawyers and said, I don't want to be a lawyer. So, uh, <laughs> I think, I think football and sports are a lot more fun. So I don't know if that uh -huh. answers that question. All right. So then question number two, Mark, a uh, piece of technology you couldn't live without. Uh, technology I couldn't live without. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I'm actually a car guy and I own seven cars Ooh. and, uh, uh, so any equipment, any uh, testing equipment, I have air tools and everything else. So I can't live without my uh, I can't live without my technology to fix all my automobiles. So that's a quirky answer, but that's the truth. I love it. I love it. I, I worked in the I, I worked in the automotive space for a while, turbochargers. So uh, I'm very familiar. All right, last one, Mark. Um, and this is I always think is a good indication of personality. How many unread emails are in your inbox right now? Uh, here, let me check. Unread or total? No, unread. Oh, that's scary. Hold on a second. Let me just... <laughs> uh, the number is 
unread 6,761. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Six thousand. If you're one of six thousand, um, that is uh, that's crazy. Just to give you a perspective, you know, I've I've interviewed um, both our you know our chairman uh, as well as you know some of the engineers. Uh, around the the the, uh, the company and 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 our partners, I've had people who have said uh, zero, <laughs> and I've had people who have said ten thousand plus. So uh, it's always an interesting one. Well, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what that says about me or about anyone you talk to. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can tell, I can tell you, Ryan Anderson, who's my uh, my colleague in crime right now, uh, he'll probably tell you, uh, you know. Uh, we're all very busy. I'm sure he's got more than 6,700. So I feel pretty <laughs> good about myself. All right. Well, hey, Mark, thanks so much for spending time with me. Um, we've enjoyed the partnership with uh, with the Panthers. Good luck the rest of the season. Um, we'll be watching both at the stadium and on TV. I uh, just want to thank you for being a part of this. Well, thank you very much. It's been good to be with you and uh, look forward to seeing you at Bank of America Stadium. And thank you all for listening to this episode of The Future Is. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review where you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to go behind the scenes of future technology.